You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everyone, go make yourself a cup of tea, grab a digestive... <laughs> yeah, Chill out. Bis- biscuit to have with a cup of tea. Go on. Well, I think it's just a digestive. I'm not, I'm not really a tea drinker. I don't have biscuits with tea, but it would be a digestive. I do like a cup of tea though. I like mm. a chocolate chip. Mm. You know, the chocolate just melts into the tea. No, no that's why you do it quick. You don't, you don't linger. Oh, but then it just, then it's just like a biscuit, just soggy. <laughs> no. well, and there's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Is that golf? Is that golf going over? It is. It's gone off. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, God. Michael Schumacher hits David Coulthard and he's out. He's done it. Jensen Button wins. And I've got to stop because I'm going to love it, my friend. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Cut to the Race News Roundup show, the weekly show covering the news, views and opinions from the F1 world, brought to you by the Formula Nerds news team. Usual squad with me today, Jay and Charlotte, how are you guys? Yeah Dan, I'm doing good, happy to be here again. Yeah, doing good Dan, looking forward to what very underrated Budapest track this weekend as well. Well, I don't love it, but but we'll get we'll get to that. We'll talk about Hungary later on. Uh, let's jump in with the news and a bit of breaking news that there's no further action on the Lewis Hamilton Red Bull Mercedes. He crashed into me. I'm going to start crying. Fiasco. The FIA have deemed that there's nothing to give a harsher penalty for, which I think is the right decision. I think the penalty was harsh in the first place. To be honest, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think crash itself was a racing incident anyways and I think for Red Bull to kind of keep this going was a bit much I understand because obviously there was a lot of expense and damage to the car and you know that penalty didn't affect Lewis Hamilton as much as maybe Red Bull would have liked but I just don't think for what they were trying to get which I believe was a stop and go penalty or something like that I just don't feel it's needed I think let's just get back out and hungry and you know actually fight on track the way they're supposed to. I think Red Bull, or to, according to the FAA, Red Bull needs to show them significant and relevant new information 
I'm not quite sure what they could have shown if they changed their mind. I mean, as a governing body, they're not going to want to admit they're wrong. So even if they were able to show some new information, they probably wouldn't have got away with it. So not surprising and good that it's been swept underneath the carpet and we can look forward to just more duels between Verstappen and Hamilton again. Yeah, I reckon the rest of the season is going to be very spicy now. There's going to be no no love lost between the pair. They're going to be going into the first corner, wheel to wheel every time. And I can't wait for it. Sticking with Lewis Hamilton, he's launched a new charity this week. Jay, do you want to talk a little bit about Mission 44? Well, there's actually two charities. So there's Mission 44, and there's also his charity Ignite. And that's basically going to use the findings of the Hamilton Commission to push for more diversity in subjects. And apparently he's put in a lot of money, of his own money, into this into this charity. 20 million, I think, isn't it? Some crazy yeah. figure. Yeah, well, for him, that's probably pocket change. Uh, true, uh, true. Yeah. And then uh, alongside that, Mercedes have started their own program. It's called Accelerate 25, and it pledges to have all of its new starters. 25% of them will be from underrepresented backgrounds, so ethnic minority women. And also McLaren are going to be following suit pretty soon also. So looking good. That's good. We like to see our sport move forward and evolve with the times, and I think this is exactly what Mercedes needed to do to kickstart it within other teams as well. And then hopefully we'll see a much more diverse grid than we currently see, and I'm not just on about drivers, I'm on about team members as well. Sticking with Mercedes, kind of, Mercedes engine cars, uh, Nick DeFries is rumoured to be joining Williams in 2022. He won the 2019 uh, F2 Championship, but didn't get a seat in F1. Nicholas Latifi did, he came second, but Nick DeFries didn't. Um, I think that was more about money or lack of from Nick DeFries' side than anything else. Um, but he's doing quite well in Formula E, he's still quite young. Do you think he deserves the seat? Quite well, mate, he's leading the Formula E Championship in his second season there. He is, I think, he's the demonstration of everything that is wrong with modern motorsport. He won the F2 series, which is the the main series into Formula 1. If, if you win the F2 series, then you've got to be going into Formula 1, not the runner-up, which was obviously the TV uh, back in 2019. He's very, very, very quick. He is, I think he's the Mercedes driver as well. I think you've got to give him a chance. He's the only man to win in feeder series, so GP2 slash F2, since I think 2013, who's not gone up. So you've seen Gasly go up, Jolien Palmer's gone up, obviously Schumacher, Russell, uh, Charles Leclerc, they've all graduated to F1, but not De Vries. It's also quite interesting because he's almost at like a weird age in the sense of he's 26 years old, so he's not as young as people like, you know, UQ came in or even Norris, who's 21, turning 22 later. Um, but then I think that will do him good because then he has that experience on his side and he can actually come in with that other racing experience from all those other series. And I think, you know, kit. Give him a go. Just give him a chance. That's all I ask. I think we've got a Nick DeFries fanboy in the call in, in Jay. Maybe, but it's just, it's a shame that he's won F2. has been given the, the platform to, to demonstrate his skill when... Other people who may be less worthy of going into F1 have managed to get <laughs> Mazepin, sorry. God, cough. Oh, what was that? <laughs> but that links in quite nicely to the next rumour we're going to talk about with Bottas to Alfa Romeo. Um, I can't see that happening, but I don't know what don't know what your guys' opinion on that is. It's good for Alfa Romeo. I mean, if Kimi Reich does leave at the end of the season, Bottas can be that Finn with a bucket of experience to bring into the team, especially like you said, Dan, new regulations... But if you're Bottas, do you really want to go to Alfa Romeo? If you're Bottas, where can you go if you don't get that Mercedes seat? There's a big old cluster of drivers 
in and around Formula One, and there's very, very few seats. So it might be his only option, Dan. I don't know. I can't see Kimi leaving. I feel like Kimi's going to do a Kimi and just stay around, and then the other seats, Ferrari Reserve. I just can't see the seat being open. Well, if Kimi, if Kimi does stick around, then surely that means Bottas is going to go rallying next year or something, doesn't it? I think Bottas will be at Mercedes or Williams next year. I can't see him going Alfa Romeo or anywhere else for that matter. Get Nick De Vries seat. Bottas had long enough. Get De Vries in that seat. <laughs> How do I kick oh, Jay God. off the Zoom call? Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, there's a sprint race that's been confirmed for Monza. Everyone kind of knew it was going to be there anyway, um, but it's been confirmed 100%. It's now going to be at the Italian Grand Prix. Excited for that? It was pretty good in Silverstone. Yeah, I felt indifferent about the sprint race. I still can't really work it out. Like, it didn't change that much. I mean, obviously, Alonso did amazing from 11th to 5th on, like, the opening lap. But sprint race in general, I'm not sure. I'm quite looking forward for the Hungarian Grand Prix again to go back to the normal layout and, you know, the normal schedule and kind of see how I feel now after the British Grand Prix. But I think Monza will be a good one. It's a high-speed circuit. Um... So, yeah, there might be some good battles, hopefully. Do you know what, guys? I've been in a lot of thinking since Silverstone. I've had a lot to ponder and reflect. And then the first thing I thought, I thought was, humans went to the moon. Are they not the aliens? And then also about the sprint racing as well. And I thought, <laughs> I have a way on how to improve sprint racing. So I've been in a lot of thinking. Yeah, right, hear me out. Yeah, the dragon's dead. I'll pitch it to you. And then you can tell me if you're in or out. So, you know, this year, it was on a Friday... So uh, quality was on a Friday, sprint race on a Saturday. Why don't you put sprint racing on a Friday, have it, and then it doesn't affect the weekend. So you go practice one Friday morning, let the team get a kind of and all that good stuff. Sat- Friday evening, sprint race. And then Saturday morning, practice two, and then normal qualifying Saturday afternoon to the grid for Sunday. Perfect. And then you don't get any of this debacle where like, oh, Hamilton's on pole when Verstappen gets past him and then Verstappen pole. It's... It's just like a, a separate little sideshow that's separate to the weekend, if that makes sense. I know you guys are going to be saying, well, how do you set the for the sprint race? Because it's on a Friday and it's not on a Saturday. You take the top 10 from the previous race, the previous Grand Prix, you reverse the order, or you can keep it in the same order if you want, and then you get points to the top five, five down one, first, uh, first gets five, fifth gets one point. Boom. But so you're saying they'd get like a few points? Extra points. So not only, say, uh, let's say there was one hungry, hypothetically, uh, Yuki Tsunoda would start on pole, Hamilton would start 10th, and top 10 battle it out. So not only do you get points for coming in the top 10, you also qualify for the sprint race the next weekend, or the next race week. And then you don't get any of that at the back of where, <laughs> oh, like, if you're, like, you're not on pole because you've come first in quality. And it adds a bit more meaning to it. I mean, I'm not sure me or Charlotte are going to decide whether we like this or not. Um, if you do like it and you're listening along, let us know on Facebook. Um, back Jay up or shut Jay down, one, up, of the, one of the two. Back me I mean, up. I'm going to go to Stefano. I'm going to go to Stefano. Yeah, go and, go and talk to Dominicali and be like, I've got an idea. Pitch it to him. And if you get it in there, fair play, well done. I take back you know, any I bad word believe, I ever said. I can't believe you guys aren't as enthusiastic about it as I am, but... When I prove you guys wrong, in a couple of years' time, when that's in Formula 1, see he's laughing. Anyway, next, next topic, Ben. Moving on, we have Alex Albon being linked with a 2022 Formula E seat with Nissan Edams 
he was actually signed for that team in 2019 before he got the Chor Rosso call up. Do you think we'll ever see him in F1 again? I mean, he's not doing great in DTM. He's kind of doing average in there. Perez is doing well in the Red Bull seat. I can't see him coming back. I really can't. If he does come back, I don't think it's going to be the rebel seat, um, unfortunately. You know, Sergio Perez has got the seat for just this year, but it's looking good for next year as well, at least. Um, and then he can't really go back to Alpha Tauri. I feel like there's not much space. Unless Pierre Gasly goes somewhere, they stick him in, but then would they want to put, you know, a new up-and-coming driver in the Red Bull programme? So I think if he does go to Formula E, I think that'll be nice. And at least we can see him back racing more regularly. It's a shame. I read Alex Albon. So, yeah, hard to say. Uh, Formula One and the whole driver market is like dominoes. And I don't mean the pizza company. I mean the actual game. Because you have Alex Albon is so dependent on, I think, Gasly. I think if Gasly leaves and goes to probably Alpine, which is the likely rumour, then I will stop back at Alpha Tauri. But if Gasly has to stay because Alonso Ocon has just signed a long term deal, Gasly doesn't leave, there's no in for Albon back at Alpha Tauri. So it's all swings and roundabouts. Can I see him get anytime soon? Probably not, unless maybe one of the other uh, teams in the back of the grid pick him up, maybe an Alfa Romeo. It's tough for Alex because he didn't have that long to prove himself, but I guess that's the ruthless nature of modern Formula 1. I mean, he had a season and a half. A season and a half, but like to be grounded, he had what a, a year and a half at Red Bull. I know he had quite long, a bit longer than Gasly, but soon as he got kicked out of Red Bull, he was at the Formula One altogether. At least Gasly got to redeem himself at Alpha Tauri. I would have liked to see Albon against Gasly to see just how well he fared because he's done really well at, at um, that Toro Rosso against Kvyat back in the day. So it would have been good to see him in the team again to see if he's actually worth worth the time I agree but Sonoda's Japanese and you know Honda money yeah it's a tough sport it's a tough sport it, especially the Red Bull programme I've said it before it makes you or breaks you and it seems to have broken Albon at this point you know he's not very old either but maybe his F1 career is over uh, Circuit of the Americas or COTA as Charlotte found out it was called just before we started recording um, have put on their website that people can now apply for tickets should there be a second race at COTA that's got to be a hint doesn't it surely they wouldn't do that if there hadn't been very positive talks that have taken place no you know what I don't, I don't want to see two races at another circuit and I can't stand it if I'm honest I mean Austria wasn't too bad but when you think about it how many amazing circuits are, are there on this planet and they want to put two at the same. You could even go, you could go Kota and then you could go uh, Indianapolis because that's a great one circuit, I'm pretty sure. Double header, there you go. There's, there's all these amazing facilities. Why are we so intrigued by the fact that we want to go to two circuits back to back? You know what I mean? E- it's logistically easy, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, but really and truly, if there was no pandemic, if there was no pandemic, there wouldn't be no logistics. Yeah? The, Either, I think, you, you scrap a race. I mean, obviously, this will be the logistics is still a fair thing, but F1 wouldn't care as much. European races, there's so many good European races. If, if you're going to cancel uh, Japan, which is probably going to happen, that's the strong rumour, go to Korea, go to India. Hey, the Fuji, that's still in Japan. That, that, that's a bit more on the countryside. There's all these amazing places that F1 could go to, but no, they just want to go to the same circuit. Why? Why? I, I, I don't want to see the same race back to back. I want to see something different. 
if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you'll know how much Jay loves circuits and just listing them. He just hates going to the same circuit twice. I love it. It's brilliant. Anyway, let's move on. Um, Alpine, what's happening there? Uh, well, I think they've started what's going to be another domino effect of stopping their development for this year. Well, that's the buzzword. That's the buzzword for the podcast today. Dominoes. Dominoes. Yeah, write it down. D O M I N. Oh, write that one down, people. Yeah, I think they're going to stop with doing the half-stop development, and I think it's going to be the first of many teams to stop. I know it has obviously stopped at the start of the year, but especially the midfield teams now, now they've not really got anything to play for, they're probably going to put all their all their eggs in Nets' basket, other than maybe Ferrari, McLaren, obviously Red Mercedes. So it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be a trend that's going to be probably up and coming and we'll probably see it a lot over the summer into the autumn i think it's a good idea though to focus on next year i mean they're not really in the fight for p3 in the constructors championship compared to last year so i think it's a good step in the sense of focus on 2022 be a bit more competitive and um yeah hope for the best they got do you know is the alpine i think there was a lot of hype around them before the season started and it's been cool to see Fernando back, and their livery is beautiful. But other than that, I can't really say much about them. Yeah, they've been pretty. They've been pretty bang average, haven't they? Let's move into today, and we are recording this Thursday afternoon. To the press conferences have happened today. I'm just going to read the pairings out. See if there's any that stand out. You've got Lance Stroll with Charles Leclerc, Ocon with Sainz, Gasly with Mazaspin, Raikkonen with Ricardo, Alonso with Vettel, Giovinazzi with Schumacher, Sonoda with Russell, Perez with Latifi, Norris with Verstappen, and the Mercedes duo of Bottas and Hamilton. Anything stand out there? Max and Lando, definitely. They're quite good friends. Yeah, I think it'd just be a bit of fun. There'll probably be a bit of banter between them, but otherwise there, I'll say there's anything very spicy going on there or, you know, any tensions. Except, as well, actually, I think, has um, Horner and Toto Wolf been split apart as well? They have. So the team principals yeah. conferences has got Fred Vasser, Mattia Bonotto and Christian Horner in one and Gunter Steiner, Toto Wolf and Mario Isola, our friend from Pirelli, in the other. So yes, they are apart. I was just thinking as well, because I looked at the, the schedule earlier and before Hamilton and Bottas at the end is Verstappen and Lando. So do you think, right, that like Verstappen's leaving the press room and Hamilton's entering and there's this really weird awkward moment to be fair though apparently they did call between Silverstone and Budapest and they spoke it out and they sort of there was respect there I mean Max has said in the media pen today he said that he still doesn't think Lewis should have celebrated the way Lewis celebrated after causing that incident I mean he's salty is what he is he's lost 25 championship points and that's the thing that I really do think if the shoe was on the other foot I think Max would have been celebrating as much as Lewis was. 100%. And it was a home race for Lewis as well, so that hyped him up even more. I understand why he was upset, but I I don't think it's that bad. I think we all need to just move on now and leave. As someone that paid a decent amount of money to go to Silverstone, if Lewis had won and then just gone... Oh, that was, yeah, great win. Shame about Max and just being really boring. I would have been like, what? I'm not even the biggest Lewis fan, but it was great to see. Exactly. I totally agree. It was amazing when we were there. I loved it. But yeah, anyways. Yeah, all right, guys. Let's rub it in my face. Let it go. <laughs> Sorry, you went in 2013. You've told us many times. I did. I did. But Lewis didn't win that race. Oh, did he not? Uh, <laughs> no, it was actually. Oh, no. It was actually better on that race. So he was know. there though. 
uh, let's revisit the bold predictions that we made as to a piece of news that we thought was going to break between our last recording and now. Charlotte, oh. what was yours? I'm just not even surprised that it didn't come true because this, you really put us on the spot, Dan. You really did. Um, well, correct me if I am wrong, but I think my prediction was that Alonso's future or something like that was going to be decided. Yep. And was his future decided? No, but maybe in a couple of weeks' time. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, it, oh, um, I do want to put something in the ring. Go on. So, you know, so, uh, Alonso's contract was one year option to extend. And apparently Alpine have taken him up on that option to extend. So, Ooh. half point? A half point? Uh, maybe. I'll take that half. Maybe, I'll maybe. That. Jay, what was yours? <laughs> I mean, mine's just completely irrelevant. I did say that one of the flyaways would be cancelled and replaced by a European race, but uh. not yet, but probably soon. Yeah, so it will happen. Gonna, it will happen. Go, and if they put Kota on there, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That would be brilliant just for your reaction. I spent about 20 minutes thinking of my prediction, but due to the power of editing, it looked like I thought of it instantly last week. So I'm just going to out myself here. I said that Red Bull would take further action against Mercedes for the Max Verstappen incident. And what have Red Bull done? Taken further action against Mercedes for the Max Verstappen incident. Yes. I mean... <laughs> No, they lost it, but it's not the point. <laughs> I, you, you, you introduced that as, as a bold prediction, and knowing how much of a salty guy Christian Horner can be, was it bold? Ooh. You let me have it. You let me have uh, it. You can't uh, change uh, your I mean, mind now. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. I'm looking forward to your weekend predictions for Hungary, actually, Dan. Yes, let's move on to those. Jay, what is your bold prediction that will happen during the Hungarian Grand Prix? Well, I was going to say Ferrari front row. Yeah, you know, actually, yeah. Ferrari front, because they were so good in Monaco and it's very similar that to Hungary. Bold. Ferrari on the front row. Maybe, probably Charlie, but don't worry like Carlos. Yeah, Carlos is, Carlos is very underrated. My prediction for the Hungarian Grand Prix weekend is that Valtteri Bottas will qualify on pole, but he won't win the race. That is my bold prediction for the weekend. Has has Bottas ever gone well in Hungary? It's not one of his strongest tracks. I have faith that he can qualify on pole on Saturday. However, Lewis is incredibly strong at the Hungaro ring, however you say it. He's a so, tank. Therefore, tank. I think Bottas will qualify on pole. She's done a lot of simulator work this week, but I reckon Lewis will win the race. Or anyone. That's not part of the prediction. Mate, I've done a lot of simulator work. It doesn't mean I'm going to start on pole. <laughs> You're also not Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, I could be better. No, I'm joking. But, but, but he's a good driver. He's a good driver, Bottas. Good driver, Bottas. All right, Charlotte, what is your bold prediction? My bold prediction, I think, is going to be slated. And I don't think it's going to be that bold. But I'm going to say Lando Norris, easy P4 finish. Oh, that doesn't count. Okay, well, let me think of another one. That doesn't count. <laughs> actually, no, actually, no, no, P4, P4, I'll give it to you. P4, if you, give it to you. Exactly. Top four in qualifying and top four in the race, I'll let you if have. You said, if you said P5, I'd have been a bit like, well, that's a bit like saying, I went on the podium. But, yeah, no, top, no P, yeah, P4, I think I'll allow P4. Do you want to extend it to qualifying as well? Mm. How much faith do you have in your favourite driver? Why do you... Why did you say it like that? Because you don't have faith in him, clearly. I do, but I'm gonna think of something more bold. I think he can easily do it, but no, I think we, I think we take that P4 because P4 is quite hard. Okay, what unless the... both Mercedes and both Red Bulls, then that would be P5. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gonna yeah. beat one of them. I yeah. think that says how good Lando been that we expect him to come top top five. It depends so. exactly. how well Perez can bounce back off a very very disappointing Silverstone weekend. That was. 
quite shocking, really, from Perez. It was, but I guess he got to take rough with the smooth. He's a, he's new at the team. He's going to have bad races. That's true. I expected someone to say Lewis and Max crash. No one said it. I'm I'm saving that, and I'm I'm, I'm going to say it now. So anybody to steal it, I'm going for Zandvoort. And Zandvoort they're going to crash. It's going to be like oh a, my god, I actually reversal. I do not want that to happen. Or you think Max is going to crash into Lewis? So and Lewis, Lewis and is Zandvoort. Gonna... It's it's, it's going to be like a like a nice poetic story. Like do you remember, Senna took out or Prost took out Senna one year. Senna did it back to Prost the next year. It's going to be like that. Lewis took out Max at Silverstone. Max is going to do the same to him at Zandvoort, and it's going to be beautiful. And Netflix is going to love it, and we'll be talking to our grandkids about it. Well, I don't think Lewis took out Max at you know. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> racing incident, okay? <laughs> I, I, I've got. I have to agree. Also, okay, this is not a bold prediction, but I'm just gonna put it out there to you know manifest it. I hope George Russell Q3 again. That'd be nice. I just want. I just want to have it happen. It's George tough. Russell. Hungry, oh. such a difficult track. Yeah, like, yeah. everyone such didn't expect it for track. Silverstone, and guess what? He did. So you no, know, he did well, but Hungry's hungry so technical. I don't think that Williams has got the technicalities. It can be quite windy as well. Nice. And it's really hot. <laughs> no, but the Williams is bad with winds. That's why I said it. I know. Just the way you said it. Just putting ideas out there, you know. Any That is all we've got time for on this week's show. Um, thank you guys for coming. Jay, enjoy Hungary. We'll speak to you at some point soon. Yep, but I will not be returning if I see Kota on that calendar. <laughs> Jay's going on strike if he sees Kota. Charlotte, thank Twice. you. Thank you very much, Dan. Catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. See you all next week. Podcast Network.